This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. I'm Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com. And I'm Michael Swain of Fog.net. This is a replay of WIBW show The Drive. Here's this week's episode on the 24-7 Sports Podcast Network. Good evening, Wildcat and Jayhawk fans, and welcome to The Drive, sponsored by Briggs Auto Group. I am Tim Fitzgerald at GoPowerCat.com, and the man next to me tonight, a little bit different look, is Michael Swain of Fog.net. You know what, Mike? I've been doing this show for 17 years between stations. This is the second time we've had to continue the show because K-State advanced the NCAA Mm. tournament, but not KU. It's a wild word, and earlier, I want to talk football. Things continue to be crazy. You can interact with us on social media. I don't even know where we're at. At Facebook.com slash The Drive Show. On Twitter at The Drive 13. And, of course, answer our weekly poll question and make your game predictions on our Twitter page. And remember, if you ever miss an episode of The Drive, you can listen to an audio-only version that will appear each Monday morning in the form of a podcast at GoPowerCat and Fog.net. We start things off with our two-minute drill, the first segment of the two-minute drill, sponsored by Vanderbilt, your work boot center. Well, we start with KU, as we do in basketball. Kansas led by as many as 12 points in the second half against Arkansas, but the Razorbacks came roaring back to defeat KU 72-71. Michael, what went wrong for the Jayhawks? Well, it was pretty uncharacteristic of this Kansas basketball team to blow a lead like that. You look at the games that KU has lost this season, more often than not, they've kind of been uncompetitive blowouts, right? You lost twice to Texas in that fashion, to TCU, Tennessee. Really, K-State is the only game that was a down-the-wire game that KU ended up losing, and they didn't even have multiple starters on the court due to foul trouble. They just gave the game away. You look at the game plan KU had early on, right? They really forced Arkansas to low percentage looks. They forced them to take mid-range jumpers and shots behind the three-point arc. And they got up to a really good start, built out about a seven-point lead, and they were able to hold that going into halftime. Well, then they extended it in the second half to 12. And then all of a sudden, Arkansas came roaring back. And I think for me, a few moments in that run that really changed the momentum of the game were KU missing front ends of one and ones Look, KU's not been a great free throw shooting team. It has some decent free throw shooting players, but not great. And missing those free throws was huge. And then you look at on the other end, well, Arkansas was able to really attack the adjustments that Kansas had made, where you look at Norm Roberts and the job they did to start the game. Well, as it went on, Arkansas really pivoted and tried to attack what KU was doing differently. So I think for me, when I look at this game, it's one of those where if you had Bill Self, I think it'd be a much closer one down the stretch where maybe you're able to get an open look where you think about 90 seconds to play, tie game, KU is a shot clock violation. Things like that can happen, but under Bill Self, he's made a Hall of Fame career off of plays like that. So I think overall, I look at this game for KU, it's a game they should have won. There's no two ways about that. But the way that they played for really 38 minutes, they should win that game, and they didn't. And that's the cruel part about the NCAA tournament, right? If you don't play well down the stretch, you're going to lose the game, and that's exactly what happened for KU. So I think overall, now you look ahead, it's going to be a pretty big, busy offseason, as we'll talk about in a little bit. 
but I think overall for Kansas, disappointing end of the season, and it's a bummer for guys like Jalen Wilson and Kevin McCullough, two seniors, that that's the type of way it goes out. Well, I, when I saw how athletic Arkansas was, mm. it reminded me of TCU that beat KU in Lawrence and Texas that beat KU twice in a row. I knew it was going to be problems, but once I got up by 12, Michael, I thought they were okay, and they just weren't. They just couldn't get over the hump. No, exactly, and I think that length really ended up bothering him, right? Jalen Wilson didn't make a shot from the field over the final 15 minutes of mm. the contest, right? That's a huge, huge moment. So now let's get to K-State, who are moving on in the NCAA tournament. They went toe-to-toe with Kentucky, earning a hard-fought 75-69 to victory to claim a trip to the Sweet 16. So, Fitz, recap this epic game for us. I'm going to say Marquise Noel for two minutes solid. Just his name over and over because Marquise was the littlest guy on the court and in another way, the biggest guy on the court. 27 points, nine assists, almost all of which were highlight reel stuff. The announcers were just going maniac over how good he was at times. K-State struggled in key areas of this game. Uh, They didn't shoot it well from three-point range for most of the game. Uh, Keontae Johnson was a little bit off. Kentucky did a great job guarding him. Uh, Kansas State fell behind at one point by eight points to Kentucky. And you keep thinking, this is it. It's over. They can't overcome this. And yet they did. And they did it by not turning the ball over down the stretch and also hitting a trio of three-pointers. They were 5 of 21 from three-point range in the game, 0 of 12 at halftime. But Ish Masood hits a deep three-pointer. Marquise Noel hits a three-pointer. Keontae Johnson hits a step-back three-pointer at a key point of the game. And that was it. That stretched the lead out. And then Marquise Noel goes to the free-throw line and hits 10 of 11 free-throws in the game. And he kept it at three possessions. K-State was up by seven most of the last two minutes of this game. And the pressure was just way too much for Kentucky to come up with the answer. It was an impressive, impressive performance by Kansas State. They overcame a lot. Kentucky was good. Oscar Sheboy was fantastic. He had a double-double and a significant one. I think he had like 17 rebounds. If you let him do that, you're probably going to lose, right? No, K-State found a way to overcome that too. you got to feel good for this team because so much is going on here with the Wildcats. They've got four guys from New York. It's a really cool thing. They get to go back, but uh, get, get to go to Madison Square Garden now for the Sweet 16. It's it's really cool, but you got to feel great for Marquise Noel, who stuck around, who decided he was going to be the heart and soul of this team. And when this team needed him the most, he was indeed the heart and soul of this team. He came up huge in a huge game, and he completely owned the game when it needed to be done. That's what guys do when they're great basketball players. And Marquise Noel earned a spot in K-State history with this win. Mm, That he did. And you look at the formula for K-State, right? It wins in March. Good guard play. A wing in Johnson that can get his shot. And then they've got the depth at the front court where they can go toe-to-toe with someone like Sheboy. Even if he gets his own, they've got fresh bodies to kind of keep throwing at him. So really excited to see what K-State can do in New York. Yep. Well, the Big 12 had an up-and-down first weekend of the NCAA tournament. Do the lows mean the conference wasn't as good as many thought? And we don't know the result of all the games as we record tonight, but, Michael, I've been kind of disappointed in the Big 12. I have too, and I think, Fitz, you made a really good point earlier, right, talking about matchups, where I think KU and Arkansas, that's not a good matchup for KU, and that might not show how good of a team KU is or how far they could have gone had they played Illinois, for example, or another eight seed like Maryland. Now, I think you look at a team like West Virginia, 
they lost that game in the most West Virginia fashion, right? I think we've seen them lose that type of game a lot this year. Iowa State really, really struggled to score against Pitt. That's been an issue for them all season. I think Pitt got momentum in that first four game. I think that's something that might get overlooked in games like this, where a team has already played and they had two days off because of the way the scheduling worked out with the, the sub-regional they were in. So I think overall, you can go kind of case by case and kind of explain it away. And you look over the course of a 18 game conference season. And yes, I think the Big 12 has the resume to go toe to toe with any conference. And I'd say is better than any other conference, but it's one game, one basketball game and a lot can happen, right? Alabama could go to the final four and they still lost by 24 points to Oklahoma. I think that's a great example of it. And I think these NCAA tournament games are just showing you that, hey, in one given game, a bad matchup can mean a Big 12 team loses. I don't think it should take away from the conference. Well, Iowa State, I fell for it. They seem to have played well uh, down the stretch, and then they get in the NCAA tournament. They scored 41 points in the entire game. They had two points 10 minutes into this game, and they were off free throws. They didn't hit a field goal until 10 minutes were gone in the first half. It was a pitiful, pitiful performance by the Cyclones. I kind of thought that's the team they would be after uh, they had a player removed from the roster, but they ended up playing better, but boy, that was awful. It really, awful. it was terrible. And I think also you look at, right, it, Baylor might lose to Creighton, and then you're looking at really Texas, they might be able to go the furthest. I'm telling you right now, I think K-State has a, a good shot as any Big 12 team to go to the Final Four. Well, K-State was in that Purdue bracket, and Purdue's not there. Now, a quick look at your poll question results. The poll questions are brought to you by Midland Exteriors. Love the home you live in. Call today for a free estimate. All right, well, last week's question was, how many Big 12 schools will make the Sweet 16? Five or more got 6%, four got 55%, three got 33%, and two or fewer got 6%. We don't know who's right right now. But this week's question is this, how far will K-State go in the NCAA tournament now that they're into the Sweet 16? Your answers are, A, they'll lose in the Sweet 16, they're going to play Michigan State, B, they'll lose in the Elite Eight, C, they'll lose somewhere in the Final Four, we only had four options, and D, if you want to be an optimist, they're going to win a national championship. Vote on our Twitter page at the Drive 13 all right, that will do it for this half of the two-minute drill, but we will be right back with more on KUNK State on the drive. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. And we are back as we continue our weekly two-minute drill here side-by-side. Side. Very cozy. This segment of the two-minute drill is sponsored by Copeland Insurance Agency, part of your community for more than 60 years. Well, Bill Self did not coach KU in the NCAA tournament. Michael, can you provide an update on Coach Self and how much did KU miss the Hall of Famer? Yeah, I've got plenty of thoughts, I think, on the second part of that question. But on a more serious note, you know, Bill Self did travel with KU to Des Moines. He went down in a separate car um, with family members. He did not travel on the team bus. He was 
around the team the entire time in Des Moines, just not when they were really at Wells Fargo Arena. He ran practices, he was around in meetings. Uh, he did an interview with Greg Gurley and said that he's done a lot more sitting. He was getting closer to being able to coach and the hope was that if K made it to the Sweet 16 in Las Vegas, Bill Self would make his return to the floor. That's the hope. You obviously don't know how much things can change in terms of his health and how his body's reacting to getting two stents put into his arteries. Now, in terms of basketball, yeah, I think KU missed him against Arkansas. We mentioned it a second ago in the previous segment about some of the adjustments that Arkansas made and maybe KU not being so quick to adjust. I think you look at a few moments throughout the game, right? I think putting KJ Adams back in after the big run from Arkansas. KJ Adams had four fouls, got taken out about the 18 minute mark. And by the time he came back in around the nine minute mark or so, KU was trailing. That's not something you can do, right? You're relying on freshman big men. You have to just run the risk of putting KJ Adams back out there. And I think it also showed down the stretch that Arkansas knew KJ Adams did not want to foul out. They continued to attack KU switches. KU was switching five players throughout the game. And then down the stretch, Arkansas attacked the switch with KJ Adams. They drove right at him. Ricky Council was able to get to the rim once. He made a mid-range jumper in front of him. And then I think you could also think about someone like Devo Davis going off, right? Scoring 25 points. How many times have we seen a guard against Kansas when Bill Self is coaching get off to a great start? What happens? Oh, triangle in two, a zone. Different curveballs are thrown at that player. It didn't feel like many curveballs got thrown at Devo Davis in the second half of that game as he really started to take over. Those are the little moments, I think, throughout the course of a game that can dictate KU winning by three or losing by one. I think overall, KU really missed Bill Self, and the hope is that he'll be able to be back coaching KU on the sideline in November. Well, I watched this game. I didn't study it. I didn't sit there and you know break it down like you just did. But I'll say this. In watching Bill Self through the years, you could always count on two, four, maybe six points coming as a direct result of him running a set piece out of a timeout, an inbounds play or a play that gets an easy bucket. And they've won a lot of games because Coach Self gives them an extra bucket and they win a close game, they lose by one. Yep, exactly. And that's what it comes down to. So now that K-State is in the Sweet 16 fits, what does this mean for Jerome Tang's program and his players? This is significant to say the least because as a reminder, Kansas State was picked to finish last in the Big 12. And honestly, while we all expected K-State to be better than that, I don't think any of us expected K-State to be in the Sweet 16. Jerome Tang, Marquise Noel put their sights squarely on the NCAA tournament getting into the field. And that wasn't in doubt, um, you know, with plenty of games left in the season. They were going to make the tournament because they got off to such a fast start. They seemed to falter down the stretch and maybe we were wondering, uh, was their best games behind them? And no, they have risen to the occasion. They were outstanding against Kentucky and they just have to continue to play their game and attack the rim. and and play good defense if they want to keep winning. This is a just not just a shocking performance by Kansas State to get them through this season to this point, but it's been huge for Kansas State. And as I mentioned, there are four players on this team that play that are from New York. And so they all get to go home now, Marquise Noel, uh, you know, most notably, but Ish Masood too. The two returning guys, they're both from New York. The other guys are Tyke Green and Naquan Tomlin, who was significant in this win against Kentucky. But furthermore, it just adds so much to everything going on at K-State. I hate this word, but there's almost synergy right now with everything happening. Jerome Tang is a great basketball coach. Chris Kleiman just won a Big 12 football title. 
Gene Taylor hired both of these guys as AD, and he hit home runs with both of them. I haven't seen the fan base this engaged over both sports in my entire career of covering K-State, which goes back to black and white. Maybe. Close. But K-State has always been good at one or the other. And Bill Snyder came along and it was football. And basketball kind of went into the background. There were some years there where it got better. But really, this, after a Big 12 championship in football, to go to the Sweet 16, what a year to be a Wildcat fan. Exactly. Hey, they followed the recent trend, right? Iowa State picked last in the Big 12, made the Sweet 16 last year. Crazy. K-State picked last, Sweet 16. Texas Tech, congratulations. You're going to the Sweet 16 next year. <laughs> yeah, that, that might be true. Now we step out of bounds, and Out of Bounds is brought to you by Darius Corner Market. We love local, and we are local for you. All right, Fitz, the NCAA tournament has been wild. Are we seeing unprecedented parity in college basketball thanks to the transfer portal? Well, yeah. I mean, you just mentioned Iowa State a year ago. New coach comes in, loads up with the transfer portal, and lo and behold, they make a Sweet 16 run. New coach comes in at Kansas State, they load up. Transfer portal players, so many of them, and they go to the Sweet 16. And we're also seeing a lot of teams from around the country that are knocking off Blue Bloods. We're going to have a Sweet 16 without Kentucky, without Kansas, without North Carolina, without Duke. It's incredible. We could have a Final Four uh, missing all the giant brand names. If you want to put UCLA in there, maybe they can still get there. I don't know, but I'm telling you, this is really good for college basketball. And it certainly is good for the lesser brands, which I would even put Michigan State in there. While they are kind of a significant brand in college basketball, I don't still see them as a blue blood. But Tom Izzo is a great coach, and that's who Kansas State will play. I'm fascinated by the transfer portal. We all thought it would be about the rich getting richer, Michael, and it's mm-hmm. not about that. It has created parity. It creates an opportunity for guys like Marquise Noel to come from Arkansas Little Rock and all of a sudden be on the biggest stage playing in huge games against Kentucky for a Big 12 school. It's really cool to see these kids that prove themselves at the lower level, and that's not an insult, but then be able to come up. And meanwhile, we've got teams like Fairleigh Dickinson that has a coach from D2, brought a couple D2 players with them, and now they're playing. It's really cool. The transfer portal has been really good for college basketball. Yeah, it really has, and I think it's probably made recruiting for some schools a little bit easier, and I'm sure we'll talk about Kansas in a little bit. It will also help a school like Kansas rebuild its roster and reshake it in the offseason. It's really a cool thing, but now let's hear from our fans, and our fan question is sponsored by Medlark Retirement Awaits in Manhattan, where you can live your way every day. Our fan question this week is... How different could Kansas look next season? This is from Stephen and Lawrence. Now, does Stephen mean like new uniforms, uh, new haircuts? I think he means players. Oh, and I'll tell him that yes, it's going to look a lot different, right? I think news of today is that Marcus Adams Jr., a top thirty prospect, is going to move up. KU's going to have four incoming freshmen. They're over the scholarship cap right now. They need two players to transfer just to fit the freshmen, and I think you're going to see maybe as many as four players transfer out of the program. So KU then can go in and get different transfers to fill the holes left by Kevin McCuller and Jalen Wilson. So. It's going to be a pretty busy spring and summer for Bill Self and the coaching staff in Lawrence. Okay, when you do that count, first of all, he was a 24 recruit that reclassified to 23. He's not going to go to prep school. I assume that's what that means. Mm-hmm. Grady Dick, are you counting him in the scholarship count? I think he's gone. Yeah, I agree. Um, yeah, it's going to be interesting how it sorts out. But here's the good news. If you get run off by your institution, and I mean that, you know, that's what happens, 
you have an opportunity with the portal to go to all kinds of great places and people are thriving because of it. Yeah, and still have success, right? Just because yeah. you didn't have success one place doesn't mean you're not gonna have success at the other. Right. Well, remember to ask us your questions on our Facebook page and on Twitter at The Drive 13. When we return, we will look at our predictions here on The Drive. Welcome back to The Drive, fueled by BriggsAuto.com. It's time to head down the home stretch of this week's show. Now let's look at our predictions. Predictions are brought to you by Kites and Kites Aggieville Drafthouse, meeting your friends at Kites in the Drafthouse since 1954. Remember to make your weekly predictions on our Twitter page, at The Drive 13. Here are last week's results. Just pure consistency for all of us. We all put in a good week. We should be proud of ourselves. Everyone went two and one. Here are this week's picks, and we start with Kansas State against Michigan State. We put it in as a pick em. Who do you think is going to win? I'm going with Kansas State. Is that a shocker? No, and I'm going to go with K-State, too, because I think they're going to go to the Final Four. That's, okay. that's my take. All right, next let's get to Texas versus Xavier, and Texas is a three-and-a-half-point favorite. I think the Longhorns are going to win, but by one point. Ooh, so I'll take be, Xavier. This will be a good game. I'm going with Texas. Uh, I think they'll cover this three and a half, so that means they win by four or more and make it to the Elite Eight. Our last game of the week is Arkansas and UConn. UConn's a three and a half point favorite. Arkansas, four point dog, basically. But I'm going with Arkansas. I love their athleticism. I don't think they're very good. So I'm going to take UConn because I think they're really good. Please don't take your shirt off again, coach. Please don't <laughs> do that. Again, Make your picks on our Twitter page at the Drive 13. Now it's time for our on the clock segment. On the clock, sponsored by Carpet One, by local for a strong local community. And for some reason, we have extra time here. Michael Swain of Fog.net, just take this away. Well, I'm more than happy to talk about Jalen Wilson, whose KU career came to a close in Des Moines. He's going to go down as one of the best winners that Kansas has ever had. He was vital in KU winning a national title last season and was a driving force between or behind KU winning the toughest conference in college basketball over the last 20 years this year. His 20 points against Arkansas means he will average 20.1 points per game this season. That puts him as the third Jayhawk under Bill Self to do it. That's impressive. He joins Wayne Simeon and Frank Mason as the Jayhawks to do so. He also led the Big 12 in scoring, led the Big 12 in rebounding, becoming only the seventh player to do that. Overall, an impressive career came to a close, and I'll miss covering him because he was great to work with, really fun to watch, and just a great person overall. Yeah, you know, even even we do this as a, a living, Michael, but we get, we get to know these kids, mm. and they're pretty cool kids quite often. Well, let's talk about Jerome Tang. He came to K-State after 19 seasons at Baylor, and before Baylor, he was a high school coach. If you remember, the Baylor program was a wreck when Scott Drew hired him, and he proved himself there over and over and over, but it took forever for someone to finally offer the right job. That right job was in Manhattan, Kansas, and the guy that took the chance on him was Gene Taylor. Now Gene's going to be rewarded by trying to keep Jerome Tang. I think Jerome Tang's at K-State to stay for a while. You're going to have to pay him, but I think he's there. But I had a buddy call who's kind of plugged into things, and we all can recognize that Jerome Tang will be a hot name in the college basketball game, but my friend said his name is bouncing around NBA circles too. I don't see him as an NBA coach, but I'm intrigued by that. But mostly, 
For K-State's sake, I hope Jerome Tang is in Manhattan for a very long time because it's kind of fun. That's it for this week's edition of The Drive. We will see you next week right here and all week on social media.